You're listening to episode 53 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hey there, Emily here. Welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And this is a topic today where we are talking about meal prepping and how to actually get healthy food on the table without spending all day doing it or stressing over it. And this is something I get asked about all the time. And I wanted to bring in the big guns on this one because my friend Justine is so well versed in this area and has actually started expanding from her current uh, pre and postnatal fitness business into some other things that involve things like getting healthy food to your family. And I'm really, really excited to share this with you. So Justine is a pre and postnatal fitness specialist. She's also a personal trainer and a precision nutrition coach. And she's actually the owner of 20 Toes Fitness based in Toronto. So she's also local to me, which is always a bonus. Uh, Justine runs this passion project on Instagram called Simple Family Food, where she shares all kinds of simple ideas and recipes for feeding her family while keeping it healthy-ish, her words. (laughs) And we cover so many great things in this episode. It is absolutely jam-packed with really incredible, tangible stuff that you can start implementing right away. That's what I'm always about on this podcast is what can you take away from from these episodes to start implementing as quickly as possible? Because otherwise we're just filled with knowledge, but we're not actually using it. And that just makes it potential knowledge. Like we have to really apply it to get the benefit out of it. So we're going into why meal prep doesn't have to mean counting macros or portioning out containers of food. We're talking about cooking for kids. Guys, this is a huge one how to get them to enjoy the process and actually eat nutrient dense foods. Justine has some incredible tips on this that I think you're going to get so much out of. I'm not a parent and I'm going to like bookmark this episode to come back to when I eventually have kids. (laughs) Um, Really how minimal planning and just a single extra hour on the weekend can have a massive impact on our ability to make choices that feel good for our bodies the rest of the week rather than defaulting to takeout, even if you're somebody who's not really all that into cooking. And we're also finishing up with some creative ways to think about self-care and how to incorporate it into our daily lives. I'm really pumped about this one, so buckle in. And if you want any information from the show notes, where to find Justine or her awesome Instagram account with all of these amazing recipes to get some incredible ideas for what to serve you and your family, make sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com and all of the information will be over there. Let's get going. Hi, Justine. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm super excited about this. (laughs) Hi, thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm so pumped. So I also love that you are local to me. Well, local within like an hour, which is more local than most people I talk to. So I'm pretty excited about that. (laughs) I know. I love that we get to see each other. Me too. So tell us a little bit more about, about you and what you do, because you've kind of got a few different things going on that are super exciting. And I want to make sure that we share all the things about you. Okay. All right. Well, I am a personal trainer and a pre and postnatal fitness specialist, and I am a precision nutrition coach. 
I own a business called 20 Toes Fitness, which is based in Toronto, Ontario, where I see clients in person, one-on-one uh, -on -one and in a group format. And then I also run online programs, uh, 365 Tribe is my group program, and then I have a one-on-one -on -one nutrition program called No Nonsense Nutrition and Lifestyle Coaching. And most recently, I started a passion project. It is called Simple Family Food, and it's an Instagram page where it, it really is a passion project. I am sharing simple recipes, food ideas, and just making meal prep accessible while I feed my own family. So yeah, it's been an evolution. I started this business seven years ago, and it's just sort of grown with me. I love it. And I absolutely love your new project because you on your Instagram page, you aren't just posting photos of food. You're also posting like actual little recipes for people to, to do that are super simple. They're, you know, really like easy ingredients, um, really quick to make. And you have two kids too. So what I really like is that you're also kind of giving people the full spectrum about um, cooking for kids and stuff too, and kind of wading through that because that's another whole separate issue that a lot of people struggle with is what to feed their kids. Definitely, and I think, uh, you know, I really wanted that passion project, Simple Family Food, to add value and be helpful for people. And I think it just shows people who are like me, you know, like moms who work for themselves or moms who have jobs who are very, very busy, to see how to kind of throw all this stuff together in the most simple and accessible way possible. Tell me about some of your go-to meals. Like walk us through how you make meal prepping happen and what it actually looks like. It is a little bit of a process and it definitely does require a little bit of foresight and planning. But I would say that the way to start is sitting down and just sort of brainstorming meals. So generally on a Saturday, I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna brainstorm meals. I'm probably gonna to say to my family, hey guys, what do you wanna eat this week? And it's no, I'm never really reinventing the wheel. Like there's sort of like a repertoire of things and variations of that small repertoire. And I literally write down, you know, what are the five dinners that I'm gonna make? I don't have to commit to what night they're gonna happen on. I'm just gonna pick five meals that I'm gonna make. Um, and then from that, I'm gonna write a grocery list. And I like to try to write it in some sort of order where I write it in the way that I walk through the grocery store. So I write down all the produce first and then I write through down all of the milk and dairy stuff, whatever order your grocery store is in, just so that you're not wasting time going back and forth. So I know my grocery store well, I shop at the same place every week and I just try to write like a really concise list so that I can get in and out as quickly as possible. And, you know, it really, in terms of the meal prep, it really depends on the week. You know, if I have a lot of activities with my family on Sunday, I'm going to do as little as possible. And if I have more time, I'm going to spend more time. But I generally do like to spend anywhere from, you know, 30 minutes or an hour, I call it a power hour, and just try to get some of those prep steps done for the week. So some weeks that might be as simple as literally like, boiling some eggs and cutting some vegetables or maybe it's as simple as doing some overnight oats and other weeks you know maybe I have more time and I'm gonna do cook at cook something in a big batch ahead of time so I just try to you know whatever time I do have on a Sunday I'll spend a little bit of focus prep time and just get some stuff done and it makes things so much more simple for the weekdays when you know the whole family's running in the door at 5 30 and we want to get dinner on the table as quickly as possible 
And that's such an issue for sure. Now I have, I always go back and forth about meal prep because I spent years prepping, like using Sundays to prep all kinds, all kinds of food. And it would, and gone to the point where it was just out of control. Like it was taking me way too long. I was getting so frustrated with it that it was making me not even enjoy cooking at all anymore. And it was honestly making me kind of like dread Sundays. So then I kind of went the other direction and I stopped doing that. But then I was getting annoyed with how long it was taking me every single day because then it did feel like I was trying to reinvent the wheel daily and like, what do I want to have for dinner tonight? And trying to scramble to get it all together. So what do you do to make sure, I mean, I know you mentioned just really simple things like chopping some veggies or boiling eggs, but do you have any other tips that will really minimize that, that prep time so that you're not spending all day on it? So I would say that trying to multitask is always a good one. So, you know, if you can get as many things sort of going on the stove and in the oven at the same time. So for instance, you could be cutting all your veggies and roasting as many pans of veggies as you can in your oven, in your toaster oven, while you're boiling your eggs. Do things at the same time as each other, just so that you're not finishing one thing, moving on to the next, finishing one thing, moving on to the next. If you can overlap that, that would, um, that would probably cut down on the time significantly. And I would also say, choose recipes and things that feel comfortable for you. So choose really simple things at first that you know how to make and um, use convenience foods as much as possible. So I buy a ton of pre-cut veggies and fruits and things like that. I will be like, I'm happy to buy pre-skewered meats. I'm happy to buy pre-cooked chickens, you know, things like that, that will decrease on my time. So it's a combination of sort of buying convenience foods, taking time initially to plan what I'm doing so that I'm not making it up as I go along and then multitasking while I'm standing in the kitchen at the same time. I think that's really important to remember to not be afraid of some convenience foods too, because I'll talk to a lot of people that feel like it's kind of all or nothing. Like they have to go all in and make everything from scratch or they're going to McDonald's. <laughs> like, but there's so much in between that we can do. Something I do that's super simple, like I buy a rotisserie chicken every week or you know, whenever I need it, because a lot of times I'll, I'll cook chicken um, sometimes from raw as well, but mm-hmm. something simple like a rotisserie chicken can just seem like the easiest thing in the world. And if it's the difference between you eating something relatively healthy or eating something, either not eating at all, or eating something that's going to make you feel like garbage, I would much rather that people go the route of the convenience foods, like take advantage of that. hundred percent. I'm all for the convenience foods. You know, I have worked with lots of clients over the years in nutrition coaching who literally don't have the time to cook or are not interested in cooking or because of their work constraints, these guys just simply don't have time to plan and prepare meals. And it's a hundred percent possible to navigate healthy and satisfying eating relying a lot on convenience type foods and even relying on some restaurant type foods when you need to. There are so many convenience options, like you said, whole chickens, or there are other at the, at the ready to heat meals. You can find things like really great turkey meatballs. Sometimes you can find um, skewered meats or pre-cooked fishes, and there's no shame in that. If that makes your life so much easier, by all means, go ahead and do it. Sometimes you can find roasted veggies or fruit and veggie platters, you know, anything like that, that can just sort of um, decrease your time at home and, and give you a little bit more freedom. I'm all for that type of convenience food. 
And then what about people who don't really like cooking? So obviously there are some benefits here that we're already talking about, like, you know, going ahead with things that don't have to be cooked, like, like chicken, whole chickens or something like that. But what about kind of the rest of the meal? Like what are some alternatives if we really can't, or we choose not to make meal prep happen? Yeah. I mean, I think that you just have to scour the, the, ready to heat meal section of your grocery store and also the produce section of your grocery store because I think it's totally possible to exist without ever chopping another vegetable again. Um, it's totally possible to find things that you literally just have to reheat or steam on your stove. So again, revisiting any of those pre-made proteins, any sort of miniature and pre-cut and washed vegetables. So you can buy bags of broccoli or cauliflower or florets that are already washed and cut. You can buy baby carrots, you can buy baby cucumbers, baby tomatoes, all of that stuff literally just requires you to rinse it. So you can eat raw veggies if you're not that interested in cooking, or you can simply steam those things. You can find pre-portioned cottage cheeses, Greek yogurt, things like that. Again, the ready to heat meals, you can find things like rices and sweet potatoes and all that sort of stuff. So 100% you can navigate that. And if, if ready to heat meals and grocery store meals aren't ideal for you, you can definitely even navigate this by going to Loblaws, picking up salads or, or salads from Whole Foods or Freshies. So there's so many different ways of navigating healthy eating if you literally don't want to cook. It's just a matter of determining what is near you, what's available to you, and really sort of researching those options. And then going for those lean proteins, vegetables, sprinkling in um, some of the slow digesting carbs and, and fat. So yeah, just a matter of doing that research and finding what options are available to you locally. Well, and something that I want to address too that I, I feel like comes up for some people is that there's a lot of information out there about um, the nutritional value of pre-cut vegetables kind of not being as nutrient dense any longer. And I, I feel like we should talk about that because yeah, you, you might actually lose some nutrients by buying them pre-cut. And of course it's ideal for you to like, go it in the backyard and pick it out of your garden and then cook it immediately or something like that. And yeah, you might get the most nutrients that way. But again, like it comes down to how can we make this super simple and not stress so much about, you know, losing a couple of nutrients here or there, if it means that we're going to eat the vegetables. Definitely. And it's just one of those situations of just don't let perfect be the enemy of good, you know, do what you can do. And do more than you did yesterday and don't sweat the small stuff because really like not everyone has time to stand in their kitchen and chop a million vegetables and do everything fresh. And I think that just, you know, doing the best that you can do and buying those convenience foods, because that is still going to be 10 times better than picking up McDonald's on your way home. Exactly. And I really want to talk about meals with kids with or for kids. Like, do you involve them in the process? How do you accommodate different tastes too? Because this is a problem that I, I talk to so many, I'm not a parent, but I talk to so many parents hmm. who are struggling with this issue. And I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. So I do my best to involve them in the conversation. <laughs> I do my best, but if they were in charge, we would eat hot dogs every night. <laughs> so I try. And I also don't want to force it. So I will ask for their input. If I'm sitting down on a Saturday and writing a meal list, I'll say, hey, guys, what are the meals you want to see? Inevitably, they say hot dogs. I'm like, what else do you want to see? <laughs> and I do my best to incorporate those things. 
And then I, if they're willing to come to the grocery store, it doesn't happen often. I'm willing to let them pick a few things because I think that that also helps to get them involved in the process. And then they're more excited about eating those things. And then when it comes to meal prep, if they want to help, I will let them help on some stuff. It obviously makes a huge mess, but they feel very proud. And when they make their overnight oats, they're very proud and they taste so good and they made it themselves or they like to dry the lettuce. So as much as they want to participate, I let them, but I definitely don't want to force it. And then when it comes to mealtime, I just have this stance. I'm not a short order cook. I don't prepare alternative meals for anybody. I put one meal on the table and I do my best to make that something where there is, there are components that people will eat. I don't expect everyone to eat every part of the meal. And I do my best not to make things that I know they hate. So I know if I make chicken curry, they're not going to eat that meal. So I don't put that on the table on a night, you know, if unless Aaron and I are alone. So I try to do things that I know they're going to like. And I'm willing to keep parts of the meal separate. So, you know, if it was adults only, I might mix the ingredients together. But when we're eating with kids, I might keep the components separate so that people can pick and choose. So for instance, last night we had turkey meatballs and rice and broccoli and zucchini noodles. So the zucchini noodles and the turkey meatballs were for the adults. My son had the rice and the turkey meatballs. My daughter had the turkey meatballs and the broccoli. And that was all pretty simple stuff to make. I made the turkey meatballs ahead of time. The rice was left over for the weekend. I literally steamed the broccoli and spiralized the noodles and everyone can kind of pick the parts that they want. And there's nothing complicated there. It's all very straightforward. And there's no backup plan. If you don't eat what's on the table, there's no eggs or PB&J or anything like that. That's what's for dinner. I think that's awesome because I think that, that a lot of parents are probably so, and again, I, I'm not speaking from the point of a parent, but just parents that I've talked to, I feel like a lot of them feel as though they're, they're so worried about making sure that their kids are getting some decent food into them, that they're really stressed about making sure that they are kind of catering to their kids' wants more than necessarily balancing out with what they need to because we, we have to make sure that they're, you know, eating decently. But I think I really like your stance that we also can't force it either. And we need to kind of create a, a culture, like a family culture around this is the food that we have. And you're still making all kinds of concessions and, and accommodations for them. Like, you know, making sure you're not putting something on the table that they actually just will never eat mm-hmm. and kind of involving them within it. I love that you have them make like their own overnight oats too. That they is the love it. They're so <laughs> proud of it. Yeah. And you know, like I will even add things to my menu that I wouldn't necessarily want to, for instance, I don't love dinner that consists of bread and cheese, but they want quesadillas. So I will do quesadillas, but then there are going to be things like black beans or butternut squash. Like there will be parts to the meal that I will put on there that will make it more of a compromise for everybody. And um, yeah, just trying to make the make it so that there are some options for people, but without without being a short order cook. I know I'm not going to please everyone all of the time and I am fine with that. I think that's a really great point that you made too about keeping the foods separate so that people can more easily pick and choose certain things. I that's something I never would have even thought of that and I think that's actually brilliant and and so simple that any of us could do um, in our houses when we're when we're cooking. It's just keep some of those components separate so that people can more easily decide what they want and what they don't. And it's great for leftovers and using things later in the week too. So if you have 
a leftover rotisserie chicken that you've shredded and you didn't eat it all for your Greek night, then you can use that later in the week on top of salads. So there's a lot of that keeping components separate and then reusing those in meals later. And that really helps to minimize waste as well. I love that. Let's talk about that a little bit, actually, like using what what you make one night for leftovers later on. That, that's basically all I do. Like mm-hmm. I, I almost always will have lunch the next day is usually some remnant of dinner the night before. And typically it involves me just chucking whatever it is on a bed of greens and then calling it a day. <laughs> okay. So I actually have sometimes used a hashtag leftovers on lettuce because that's exactly my lunchtime strategy because I don't, when I do meal planning, I literally plan the dinners and maybe I plan like one bigger batch item that I'm going to make for breakfast. But in terms of lunches, for the adults at least, it's usually some sort of leftover protein, leftover roasted vegetables, whatever we have from the previous night on lettuce or with a jar of salad, something like that. Because who has time to make a whole separate lunch? That's not a thing. Exactly. I'm totally yeah. going to start using that hashtag leftovers on lettuce. I'll give yeah. you full credit, but that is like a hundred percent. All I usually do for lunch is just yeah. pass it on to some sort of greenery. Yeah. And call it a salad. So there you go. Exactly. Yeah. Where, where do you find some of your recipes? Because I feel like that's another area where people really struggle is that they're, you know, we'll, we'll type something into Google or go on Pinterest and yeah, we've never had access to more recipes. But sometimes it can also feel overwhelming too, because there's so many thousands upon thousands, you type in one ingredient and there's like 10 million hits. So how do we, how do we kind of sift through that a little bit? Well, I would say that I'm sharing really simple ones over at Simple Family Food. And the way that I find them is by Googling them. And what I do is I get some sort of inspiration. For instance, if my my daughter brings home pumpkin muffins from her cooking class and I see the recipe and I'm like, that has a lot of sugar, I'll go on to Google and I'll try to cut through all that noise and find one that is healthier and just sort of make a few tweaks to make it accessible or healthier for what my needs are and what my family's needs are. And other than that, I mean, a great resource for simple recipes, I find, is to head over to Facebook, find a, you know, a recipe sharing group and just say like, what is your easiest chicken recipe? That's a great way that I have found some of my favorite go-to dishes is just saying things like, I can't get my family to eat chicken breasts. What is your most delicious and most simple recipe? And I've come up with gold from searches like that. And other than that, I also think that you don't even necessarily need a recipe all of the time. I think that when you're truly keeping things simple, that it can be as easy as roasting some vegetables, cooking eggs in whatever variation that you want, figuring out what kind of um, what kind of carb you want to add to your meal and roasting a sweet potato or steaming some rice. Like not everything needs to be a complicated and intricate recipe. And that is definitely my goal. There's a lot of winging it happening. And uh, truthfully, I just use a thermometer to make sure my meat is cooked properly and I wing the rest. <laughs> Girl, you are speaking my language. That's like yeah. totally what I do. Cause I yeah. always ask me for recipes and I stopped ever putting recipes up on my website because I hated doing them because that's just not how I operate. Like I'll look at a recipe that I find and take some inspiration from it. But I mean, baking is, is sometimes a little bit different because sometimes you got to nail that a little bit more, but yeah, baking is more specific for sure. Yeah. Especially for like, like the main ingredients, like you can tweak things like 
you know, the amount of sugar or like sub something out for something else sometimes, but mm-hmm. baking's definitely tougher. But overall for, for regular meals, I hardly ever use recipes unless it's just to, you know, I had, I wanted to have chickpeas last night and I typed in um, chickpea recipes into Pinterest. And one of the first things that came up was chickpea cauliflower tacos. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's fun. So I opened that up and it was just like some kind of rub or something. You just like baked it in the oven mm-hmm. and then you made like a cabbage salad to go with it. And I, I didn't even really use the recipe. I just got inspiration from it and then threw something together and it was delicious. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that deal. people need to realize that it's pretty hard to mess stuff up and you can always fix it. Um, the most important thing for me is making sure my meat is cooked properly. I'm a little bit um, picky about that sort of stuff. But other than that, I just like to wing it and, you know, I can always kind of add more or, or take something away if I need to. For sure. And I love the meat thermometer too. We, we definitely use that as well, especially if it's, um, you know, like, like a burger or a meatball or something like that, where it's harder to tell and chicken breast, sometimes I'll just like flat out cut them right open to make sure that, that everything is cooked. Cause especially with chicken, you can't mess around with that. <laughs> well, that's the thing. So what I was finding for a while, for a period of time that I felt like I was either, I was undercooking it and then I was overcooking it. And then I realized why, like, I don't have to guess. I'll just order a thermometer on Amazon. I had it 24 hours later and my meat is always cooked perfectly. It's like the most simple kitchen tool. I don't know why everyone doesn't have one, a digital kitchen thermometer. Okay. So everyone after this episode needs to go out and get a meat thermometer Yeah, <laughs> and they're yeah. really cheap. Like it's, it's very little. It's like a few dollars. I think it's like $12. Yeah. Then you don't have to take, it takes the guesswork out. And that also makes cooking so much less stressful. Totally. No, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked in the room to grow podcast, Facebook group, what the biggest issues were that people had when it came to prepping meals. And the most common answers were motivation, and consistency. So how can we address some of these issues? Okay, so these are good questions. I think that motivation is, it's pretty much a myth, right? Motivation is pretty much a myth. And I think that this relates to cooking, this relates to exercise, this relates to eating well. Like we are not going to feel motivated 100% of the time. And so I think we need to stop relying on motivation as a reason to be doing things. And I think that sometimes really it's about what is the end game here and how does that benefit me? So I'll give you some example. Um, I'm not always like motivated or feeling like paying my bills. But I like the benefit that paying my bills provides me, right? So I like having light and heat and shelter. So I pay my bills even though I don't feel like it. Or, you know, I might not feel like brushing my teeth, but I don't want to have bad breath and I don't want to have tooth decay. So I'm going to brush my teeth anyways, even if I don't feel like it. And I think that sometimes it's just literally about separating the action from the emotion of I don't feel like it because you know there's going to be a benefit on the other end. And I'm not saying that you need to commit to spending four hours in the kitchen, not at all. But I think that even if you literally said, you know what, on Sunday, I'm going to set a timer for 30 minutes and I'm just going to do a few quick things in the kitchen because I know that the benefit of that is that my week is going to go more smoothly. Just try that on and don't worry about the motivation and just try that 30 minutes and see how that goes. And I think that 
once we start to see the benefits, then things start to snowball and you'll start to feel maybe a little bit more motivation or a little bit more reason to show up and do that thing again. And, and then, then that leads more into consistency, right? Because then we're, yeah. when we're creating that habit. That's what's going to build that up. A hundred percent. And for consistency, I would say, keep it really, really simple. So again, 30 minutes, things that are easy and doable, start small just by doing a little bit more than you already do. You know, if you do nothing, then start with just one or two small things. And that's how habits and, and that's how habits, um, sorry, that's how habits and routines develop, right? It's just by showing up and practicing something and practicing that thing and mastering it and then you automate it. And then once that thing becomes easy for you, then you add on something else. So I would just say, start somewhere and that's the way that you cut through it. Don't go for the all or nothing. Don't go for the big, like huge Sunday meal prep day with containers lined up on your kitchen table. Literally do something for yourself that's gonna make your life easier during the week. And that is how you start and build. I love that. And then it, a lot of this is being made easier to automate with a lot of the tips that you've given, especially when it comes to things like convenience foods, like we're, we're then building automation into this entire process so that we just don't have to stress about it anymore. And that's going to make motivation and consistency that much easier. Yes. I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, eating nutrient dense foods kind of most of the time it's, mm -hmm. it's honestly one of the best ways that I feel like I can show myself some love. Like if I'm feeling shitty, if I'm like super high anxiety or something like that, I can usually pinpoint it back to what I've been eating most recently. So what are some of your favorite forms of self self care and why is it so important? Yeah. Okay. So you know, it's funny, like you, you've, you speak about anxiety and you've spoken about anxiety a lot and self-care in terms of, of managing anxiety. And I think I really, I really do relate to that. And, um, you know, I've definitely also gone through some periods of time where I feel like, you know, right now the predominant emotion I'm feeling is stress. And really what that is, is anxiety. And I agree that there are like some super simple things that, that I like to do for myself that help me to manage that. And I would say sleep is probably one of the biggest ones for me. I definitely know that when I, I know I can't control how much I sleep, but when I set myself up for sleep, when I take time to do a little bit of a bedtime routine, that I can feel so much more relaxed and that prepares me better for sleep. And that sets me up for a much more successful night and day following. I think for another one for me would be balancing work with rest and that goes for my work life but that also just goes for my fitness life too so balancing intensity with rest so taking downtime you know balancing the intense workouts with those really leisurely ones and then this is going to sound like an odd one but i think you might relate to it as an entrepreneur but one of the big ones for self-care for me is if i'm not seeing fitness clients putting on actual clothing, like actually putting on an outfit and getting dressed and doing work in an outfit as opposed to sitting around in pajamas. I find all of those things are so big for the self-care and just really help me manage my physical and mental and emotional state. So funny you say that because last night and this morning I put on real jeans for the first time in weeks and I have been so much more productive. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> Not that I, like, I don't usually wear pajamas that often, but I'm typically just in, you know, like yoga pants all the time, Me which too. 
I love, like I'm, you know, I'm obsessed with them. They're the most comfortable things ever. But today I put on like a real sweater and real jeans and I'm yes. like feeling good. I'm on my game today. <laughs> and I, that is like one of the biggest ones for me because I do see clients Monday through Friday. And so I really have to make it a habit of walking back into the house. If that's at two in the afternoon or three in the afternoon, wherever it is, and just taking off the Lulu's and putting on a pair of jeans so that I feel like a normal human being and like a more functional person. I'm yeah, I'm so happy you brought that up because, and again, that won't apply to everyone who's not an entrepreneur, but it for sure makes a huge difference. Like yeah. it's, it's game changing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. So let us know where we can find you. I know that you, you did mention your Instagram account and I definitely want to send everyone over there because I love mm -hmm. that you're just putting the recipes right on the Instagram post. Like it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So you can find that, that account on Instagram at simple family food. And then my, my business account is at 20 toes fitness. You can also find me on Facebook at 20 toes fitness and at www.20toesfitness.com. I love it. And if anyone is in the Toronto area, they need to come your way, especially if they are pre or post nail. Yes. <laughs> yes. So tell us, I, I always ask every guest, if you could offer one piece of advice on growing into the best possible version of themselves, what would it be? Hmm. One, one answer. Okay. I think that the, it is about really just learning to love the process. So finding ways to eat and move and take care of yourself that feel good for you. And really falling in love with the process instead of fixating on an end goal, because I think that that's where the magic happens and that's where things snowball. And that's really where, um, it becomes a lifestyle. Yeah. The process. Oh, that is, that's magic right there. Because when, yeah, when we focus on, on the process, otherwise we're just working towards a goal. And then if we're unhappy the entire time we're working towards that goal, then when we get there, we're not going to be any happier. So we have to hundred really percent. And it's like, what about right now today, find things to do and ways to move and just ways to take care of yourself that feel really, really good and nourishing for your body. So good. Oh, mm. Justine, I can't thank you enough. This has been so helpful. Honestly, I, I hope that everyone has gotten as much out of this as I have, because you just have broken it down for us into really simple tidbits that make it next to impossible to not do some sort of meal preparation for yourself. <laughs> Good, I'm glad. I hope that was helpful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I really, really appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. All show notes and references can be found over at roomtogrowpodcast.com. And can you do me one huge favor before you go though? If you can take a, take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on social media, I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you and thank you. And if you could leave a review on iTunes, that would go a long way and make such a huge difference. It really helps to get the word out there, get more amazing guests on the show and helps to get all of this information out to the world. Looking forward to growing with you.